0: hello and welcome to joshua space a podcast all about books on today's episode i have the wonderful privilege of interviewing herman strunagel so let's go ahead and tune in to that right now do you want to tell everyone what eclipse is about yeah sure um so the premise of
1: eclipse it's hard to talk too much about it without getting into spoilers right away because things start to happen pretty quick but i mean the premise is that you know a few hundred years from now um climate change has kind of ravaged the earth um And what in order to, basically, there were climate wars, the population was devastated, and essentially humanity had to flee the planet in order to ensure that it could be restored. Um, What kind of some of the characters find out, it's not too much of a spoiler because it happens pretty much right away, Um, (laughs) but... um, there were the elites basically stayed behind on Earth and and kicked the rest of us out to you know kind of mine mine the resources of the solar system to to send back to them. Um, so you know it's kind of a reverse play on the billion billionaires in space <laughs> kind of trope, but um, that is that's the premise. So you know it follows two two main characters, two points of view. One is a you know a farmer on on the space station Eclipse. Um, his name is Django, and he basically. Discovers that they've been lied to the entire time, um, and you know has to deal with some of the fallout of that. And the second character is Mika. Um, she's a former space pirate. She lives outside the, the, spa- the space station. And um, when we meet her, she's kind of um, chartering goods, you know, to and from the moon, essentially to to other ports in in the system.
0: Nice. So what made you decide, because it is in two point of views, you kind of have two two different storylines kind of coinciding. Did you come up with one of the storylines first or both of them at the same time and decide right off the bat that you wanted to tell both stories?
1: Yeah. You know, I thought this was an interesting, um, the way it kind of came about was interesting. It kind of came out really organically and really quickly (laughs) to be honest. So they did kind of generate the same time. Um, you know, initially what I wanted, um, the book came out of a short story that I had written um, called Infinity, um, which is, you know, available on my website, but that that one took place entirely on the space station, and I, I wanted to offer something a little bit different from just the story, short story, um, and also, you know, the typical dystopian trope is you know the hit the hidden world outside of you know their own i wanted to kind of give a point of view outside of that as well and you know give a sense of what the wider universe looks like right away and um you know mika's character kind of came pretty naturally and pretty pretty quickly
0: so nice did you have do you have a favorite on which which um uh, perspective you enjoy writing about more um Mika's a lot more fun, especially, you know, in the first book,
1: you know, she's a, a little bit more of a badass than Django. Django's, you know, um, trying to trying to find his way a little bit more. Um, yeah. So Mika is a little bit more, um, there's a little bit more action in it, at least at the beginning. Um, so that definitely makes it a little bit more fun. Um, they definitely both have their roles in the in the universe to tell. So, um, you know, I do enjoy both characters, but but yeah, Mika, you know, there's a little bit more more
0: going on with her that's true I I do I do appreciate the fact because it's still in one aspect it's it's very much a dystopian story but you've you also get the space opera vibe and kind of like an adventure of you're getting to see what is going around uh, going on around the galaxy and kind of see all the different dynamics at play and how everyone's interacting with each other and then you go to Django who is on the space station and just thinks that that's all it is. It's just the space right. station. There's no one outside of it. And so it's very interesting to see how you can have an entire galaxy full of different space stations and people and ships and pirates and all these things going on, and they're able to confine a whole civilization into a spaceship and say, hey we're we're all that's left of humanity. Everyone else is gone. We're trying to revive the earth, basically. I think it's right it's very fascinating. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, I had, you know, I've definitely had a lot of fun with this universe and playing with perspective. And that's, you know, really what I wanted to work with, you know, in this novel and the series is, you know, people's perspective of of the world, right? And, you know, we can really be narrow-minded in our, you know, in our little corner of the world, <laughs> no matter what corner yeah. that, that might be, right? So uh, definitely wanted to play with that a little bit.
0: Yeah. And I think that's one of the things I really got from the book while reading is it's very much about seeing outside of our own scope. And sometimes we kind of get tunnel vision and we want to believe what we're told. And it's, I think one of the underlying things that I picked up on was very much, if you are slapped in the face with the truth, are you going to believe what is right in front of you and being told to you? Or are you going to believe your entire life and what you've yeah. been dealing with and how much when you can see the truth in front of you are you willing to believe it and recognize that hey what I'm seeing is real and everything else is incorrect or are you going to still try and hide behind no I'm just going to believe what I want to believe I don't want to deal with this and kind of <laughs> go back into the background
1: absolutely yeah and I'm glad you and I'm glad you picked up on that because I saw that you know in the, in the review you had posted and you know I was like that's you know I'm I was happy about that. Cause that definitely was, you know, a major theme of what I wanted to explore with that.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. So with, cause I know you're currently writing book two and yeah. it's going just a little bit over. <laughs> yeah. Just, just a little bit. Your <laughs> original goal word count was a hundred thousand words, right? Yeah. What are you at currently? <laughs> um, so as of this morning, it's 123,000 okay. words. Um
1: uh yeah it's you know and Eclipse was seventy about seventy five thousand words so I mean Eclipse is three hundred pages so I was aiming for about four hundred pages with this with the second one where it's gonna be it's gonna be quite a, it's gonna be at least one hundred fifty thousand words uh, there's so much going on <laughs> I have a set end point in mind and you know people have asked me well why don't you just split it into two I'm like well it's not a complete story then I want I really want to deliver a complete a complete story you know like with Eclipse. You know it does lead into into the rest of the series quite nicely, but I I really wanted to give you a sense of like okay this story is done at the end like what Django was Django and Mika were off to accomplish by the end is complete and now it's on to the next part of the story right so um, so I I don't want to split it. it it's possible it could be, end up being two hundred thousand words and my editor is not going to be too happy with me but <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see when we get there. Uh, I can see the end at the, you know, at the end, but with this, you know, with the second one, I haven't really written it from front to start either. Um, My process with Eclipse, I sat down and wrote Eclipse in six weeks and then I edited it for three months, but, (laughs) but it wasn't very much start at the beginning and and write it through. And um, with this one, there's a lot, there's a little bit more weaves going through the story. So I've kind of been, I've kind of had to segregate things a little bit more in the in the points of views and that sort of thing, just to make sure that the story flowed well from each person's perspective. And um, so there's going to be a little bit of going back and and adding to the stories. So we'll we'll see how, where it ends up.
0: <laughs> so, are you have you become because you are writing a series and the plans for it to be four books and you you already know where book two's ending have you become more of a planner versus when you first started as a pantser or is it still kind of a little bit of both?
1: It's a little bit of both and I find every book is different and I really tried with book two to sit down and plan um, you know the storyline and I in a way it helped but in a way it also got me stuck and I kind of got stuck in that stage for about a month and um, my brain just doesn't work as a planner not a complete planner i like to know you know i i've known from the start of book two where what's going to happen at the end i've known the ending um it's just getting there you know i can plan a few steps in advance but after that the characters really kind of take over and you know (laughs) direct where the story needs to go then a lot of times it makes sense and i've got to backtrack and work things in later on but um but that Typically is the method that works for me. It's like a little bit of planning and then, but not being too, too rigid with that.
0: Okay. Are with book two, are we having the same two point of views?
1: Um, There's going to be three points of view. Okay. Um, so it will be Django and Mika um, uh, again, and then there'll be a third point of view.
0: Okay. That's exciting. I will say, yes. I, I think I, I'm excited for a longer book in book two because book one it was very fun and I, I thoroughly loved it, but I was wanting more. Like it was, it right. and I was like, I want this to be like 12 books. Like I want to just, this. like, I don't want to put it right. down. I just, let's go. <laughs> so I'm all for a longer second book. <laughs> Wonderful.
1: Yeah. You know, and I think it definitely, there's enough of a universe there to lend itself to a longer book. So, I mean, the first book is kind of an appetizer to the, the, the rest of the series, I think. Um, yeah. You know the plan. Like I said, the plan right now is for a trilogy. Um, this this story will be wrapped up in three books. There's always potential that, you know, I mean, there, there's more happening in the universe, but yeah. um, but this this story will be complete in three.
0: Okay. Nice. It might be a longer three
1: than than <laughs> I had thought, but it'll be three. <laughs>
0: awesome. Was yeah. there? Was there any particular scene, whether it's from Eclipse or the second book in the series, that was really not the easiest scene to write or that you had a difficult time with?
1: You know, I always struggle with the beginning of a book, whether that's, you know, when you first get the word on the page is one thing, but coming up with a scene that really is engaging and also makes sense to the rest of that really draws you into the book. I've always struggled with that. So I'll usually go through two or three iterations of the first chapter before um, before the final one comes out. But that's just something I've learned as part of, part of my process at this point.
0: The beginning is always difficult to like, and then knowing where to start and how you want to start the book, I think is very interesting too, because... Yeah. There's a lot of ways you can start a book and introduce characters. Yeah, I think
1: you know with this one, I really wanted to get into the action pretty quick, and I think I I think I achieved that with this one. Um, yeah. You know, part of that was part of my reasoning about adding the, the prologue as well, because um, I didn't want to start on the station with Django because it's a little bit more of a slower build into that story. Not as not really that much, but I really wanted to set the tone of of it being a fast paced story, so the prologue really. I feel helped
0: with that. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> agree. Do you have a favorite, do you have a favorite scene or character from the series so far? Uh,
1: I don't know about a scene necessarily, but if I thought about it, I probably could come up with something. But um, my favorite character is Abigail. She was a lot of fun to write. She came to me right away and really just, you know, this female Jack Sparrow space pirate type of character. Um. So I guess for people who haven't read the book yet, yeah, she, you know, Abigail um, is a secondary character, but she is a space pirate. She's an active space pirate, and we meet her in the prologue, um, and she becomes entangled in Mika's story pretty quickly. But she was, yeah, she was super fun to write. Just that, and you, you know, this character that you're not a hundred percent sure of her intentions, what you know, what she's really after, um, and she's just kind of a loose cannon. And um, she, yeah, she was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, she's definitely a little bit of a loose cannon. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I I really love the way it came together without trying to spoil anything. Towards the yeah. end, how you kind of see what was what was going on, what the prologue was going for, and like where that was headed. I think that was very. I did not quite expect it, so it was really nice. Mm. It was very um, yeah. There were a lot of reveals that happened at the end where I was like, okay, um. Why isn't book out? I need book two. <laughs> book one's not even out yet, but give me book two. Yeah, right. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah and that's, you know, um, and that's always, I mean, it's a good thing to hear as an author because, I mean, I mean, so many of my early reviews have said that. I was like, I'm ready for book two. I'm like, my even my, my wife, she's like, where's book two? I'm like, I'm still writing it. <laughs> You're like, I might be halfway done, but I'm not sure yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, and that's, and that's good you know the plan was to you know release this this series pretty quickly um that was the reason for you know the hundred thousand words that was kind of my um in my head where book two and book three were both going to be about that hundred thousand word mark um you know so uh, the plan is still to get the trilogy out this year um but you know we're looking at late summer for book two instead of early summer kind of thing and it might be more you know late fall for book three but Well, uh, I'll do what I can (laughs) because, yeah, the books have just doubled in size from the original plan.
0: (laughs) I I do think writing and coming out with three books in a year is a huge achievement. So it's I'm
1: slow and I'm slower than most, you know, or not. I shouldn't say the most, but than a lot of authors at least. So uh, but this isn't my I mean, writing isn't my full time career just yet. So we're still uh, (laughs) still constrained (laughs) to early hours and weekends kind of thing.
0: So do you have like a specific source or like something that really pushed you into wanting to become an author or start writing in general?
1: It's something I always enjoyed as a kid um, writing, you know, like I remember being in like grade two and writing stories and, you know, really liking it. Um, so, and I, I just love reading ever since I can remember. So, you know, I've always loved story and, you know, I, I mean, I have a bachelor of arts degree in English. Like I, you know, I've loved it. Um, as yeah, it's always been a part of who I am. Um, you know, what pushed me to, you know, sci-fi fantasy, like I mean, I kind of grew up on Star Trek The Next Generation. I used to watch that with my dad. You know, that was always, you know, um, I, I love that show. <laughs> I still do. Um, you know, and then fantasy later on, you know, I, you know, was lent um the sort of up by Terry Brooks. Um, and kind of got brought into the fantasy realm that way. And then, you know, shortly after, you know, started reading me a of time. And so that kind of led me, you know, sci-fi fantasy. That's And that's pretty much what I exclusively <laughs> exclusively read at this point. Um, so, yeah, I guess long story short, yeah, writing's always been, you know, just a part of who I am. You know, I procrastinated later on in life because, I mean, various reasons. You get busy, you think it's not a viable career path. And, you know, it's just you get you know other things come up so um you know when i started to get back look at seriously writing um that that story um was the guardians tell is when i really first started to discover about self-publishing um and that it's you know a viable path now um you know back 10 years ago when i you know when i was thinking of starting at that point it wasn't you know really as viable as it is now um it's back in the day where you know you had to print a thousand books and keep them in your garage and hope to sell them where, yeah, <laughs> you know, ebooks have really transformed that market now. So, um, it's been really, um, that's really what has spurned on my ability to, or maybe not ability, but the, spurned spurred me on to, to continue writing into, you know, there's a path I can do this with and not, you know, not have to go through the, the agent process and, you know, querying and all that. So.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. especially recently, it's become more and more popular to not not necessarily popular. I think that's a bad choice of words, but more and more. Um, it is an option, whereas before yeah. like, it was kind of like and I think to to what you were saying, like it was more difficult to self-publish, but it was also looked down upon in the industry. Yes, it was like, oh, you're self-published. You're not traditionally, but you don't have a uh, publishing house behind you. And it wasn't kind of looked at at the same level. Um yeah. and which is not great, yeah. <laughs> it's not good. So <laughs> no. <laughs> I think the industry as a whole has come a, quite a bit of a long way from there, where it's now accept. Not only is it acceptable, but it's welcomed and it's pushed for, and it's yeah. talked about a lot more. And I think especially with the rise of um, book talk, and I think like BookTube and uh, Bookstagram probably have quite a bit to do with it as well but i feel like for me because i'm mostly active on book that's where i see most of i feel like book really pushes independently published authors a yeah. lot
1: absolutely absolutely i feel that way as well even though i haven't hit my quite hit my stride on <laughs> on tiktok yet but uh but definitely I, I mean you definitely see a lot more independently published authors there
0: yeah it's it's a fun community i think it it's also very random, like with, because you're saying that like, you haven't hit your stride. It's so, the algorithm is just, it is. <laughs> it is. It's I, mean, you know. <laughs> I will have a video get like 15,000 views and then the next five videos will have like 150. It, it right, makes yeah. no sense. And it's like, I have, I have a decent following to where like, you know, you would think that you'd at least be getting at least a thousand views a video. And right now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's yeah it's, it that's... really is. Does seem to be ra- an element of randomness to it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think my, I mean, my, my, I think 3000 is about where I've hit for, for views on TikTok. And yeah, other than that, it's two, 300. And that's okay. Like, I mean, I'm, I yeah. have fun with it. So, but it's, <laughs> and it definitely it's like, okay, I don't, I don't know how to get more. I'm not sure why I'm not hitting more views. I'm doing what everyone else is doing, <laughs> but you know. It it is what it is it's
0: it's a lot of fun so yeah that's how I look at it. I'm like it if I'm having fun it's worth it and it's exactly, so like yeah. last, towards the end of last year I took a couple months off because it was I wasn't having as much fun with it anymore and I noticed too like if I focus on the views it's not as fun but if I ignore that yeah. I a lot of fun and it's so like Definitely. I try to like if I get over 500 views I'm like oh my gosh yes I made it <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> you get excited <laughs> yeah no <laughs> so, but it's I think um, there was one video I saw. Oh, what was it? It was a few months ago. And it was kind of saying how, like, if you really think about the views and you, you might get discouraged, like, if you look at other people's views and you look at your own and you're like, oh, it only got 500 views. And the person was like, now imagine someone coming into your bedroom, 500 people walking through your bedroom within an hour. That's yeah. a lot of people.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, like, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. no other, I mean, no other real-life scenario, do you have an opportunity to stand up in front of 500 people and tell them, you know, about about the book you just read, right? So, yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) With reading other books, do you have a favorite book?
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a tough, that's a tough one. Um, I, if I had, if I was pushed to pick a favorite book right now, at least my, right now, I would say um, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, by V.E. Schwab is probably, probably one of my favorites. <laughs> um, it, I, I I do lean a little bit more towards fantasy in my reading at least. Um, so, but you know, that book, um, I don't know. There's something about that book that spoke to me on a level that other books don't. It's like this character I get, like, I just totally got immersed in that world and, and with, um, with that entire concept and I just absolutely loved it um other favorite books like I really like Red Rising I mean that's been a big inspiration for a lot of my writing um and what else I don't know there's so much (laughs) so there's so much out there (laughs) those are two those are two that I that I really like yeah
0: that's cool I know that's like one of the hardest questions to ask someone who enjoys reading
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) definitely
0: (laughs) If you like reading fantasy more, have you considered writing a fantasy book, or do you do you want to plan to just stick with science fiction?
1: Um I definitely I
0: have a fantasy
1: book that I'm working on, not i can't I've actually. Started on that before I moved into Eclipse, and then I, you know, I kind of got caught up with Eclipse, and then I was like, no, I need to finish a series or two here before I start something else. So, yeah. once Eclipse is done, and once lies the Gu- lies of the guardians is done, then I'll my next plan series is a fantasy series. So, nice. um, yeah, and I'm I am really looking forward to that, and it's one of those things where like I need, I wish I could write faster so I could get these books written, <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but. Awesome. Uh, yeah so yeah 2024 i'm hoping to have a fantasy at least one fantasy book out by then
0: do you know what kind of fantasy it's going to be
1: it's going to be it'll be technically epic fantasy but it's going to be like there'll be vampires involved (laughs) so it's going to be a little bit different but it's um i do have an idea um I don't want to go too much into it at this point, but yeah, there's yeah. it's kind of like vampires, but in like an epic fantasy setting, um, yeah,
0: yeah, I think that's one of the hardest thing because we grow like the subgenres of every genre, but science fiction especially, is very interesting because there's a yeah. lot of overlap. And so if you if you could choose like exactly which, subgenre even if it's not like a technical subgenre which subgenre do you would you put eclipse into
1: um i yeah like i've been like i like i've been calling it a space adventure um it is you know it is some it's a bit of space opera a bit of dystopian it's not really neatly fit into either of those categories but it is a fast paced you know science fiction action adventure story um, you know, it's, it's space opera in that there, you know, there's spaceships, there's space pirates, there's, you know, um, space colonies and whatnot going on, but everything in eclipse at least takes place in earth's orbit. So we're not seeing other planets. We're not, you know, we see a bit of, you know, colonies on the moon a little bit. We get, you know, just a first, you know, kind of glimpse of that. Um, but there, are, there's no faster than light like, travel. There's no aliens, you know, so it's not your traditional space opera. You know star trek type of thing you know it's comparable that's what you know i kind of compare it to the like at least early expanse where you know we're still in our solar system we're not traveling faster than light um red rising takes place all in our solar system as well so that i mean that's a little bit more fantasy than what eclipse is but it kind of um those are kind of the comparables of you know the environment that, that it's in so um and so yeah, so and those two, and and then yeah, there's definitely heavy dystopian elements in it, but it's not your typical, um, yeah, Red Rising would be probably the closest comparison when it comes to that. Um, you know, dystopian set in space, uh, maybe elements of the the One Hundred a little bit, but yeah, <laughs> so it's a little, it it does fit in that realm of <laughs> in that flow, but it's not, you know, we're not going to other other, you know solar systems and finding aliens at this point so
0: yeah (laughs) so what i'm gathering is book two we might get to see more outside of earth's orbit yes and no (laughs) you're like what can i say without giving spoilers
1: yeah we'll we'll see a little bit you know we'll definitely learn a little bit more about it um we don't get we don't stray too far though in book two yeah
0: well, I absolutely cannot wait for book two to come out. But in the meantime, where can people find book one?
1: Um, it'll be in Kindle Unlimited, and paperback and hardcover copies are available at most bookstores. So check it out.
0: Do you think this will ever be an audiobook?
1: Yes, the plan is um, the plan is for it to be an audiobook. It was gonna, it was supposed to be out around the time of release, uh-huh. um, but my narrator have kind of had some personal issues, so um, we just. Uh, couldn't get it out on time so I'm not sure when it's going to come out but it will um, the plan is for it to be out this this year at least so yeah it is it is in the works it'll be my first audiobook oh, so
0: awesome.
1: I'm excited about it it's
0: mm-hmm. awesome well thank you for joining today and like hopping yeah, on absolutely yeah, yeah is... thank
1: you so much for having me it's uh I you know I've like I mentioned like I've I've been following you on TikTok for a while and, and really have enjoyed, <laughs> enjoyed your content. So I appreciate you taking the time to read the clips and, and for having me on.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much to anyone and everyone who watched and listened to this episode. It was so much fun interviewing Herman, but it was even funner reading Eclipse. If you have not bought yourself a copy, I cannot recommend this book enough. If you want to support me, you can go to my affiliate link on bookshop.org and purchase this book. Otherwise, you can buy it wherever books are sold. Don't forget to tune back in next week for yet another episode of Joshua Space.